Hey everybody, how are you doing? It is Shane Clifford here. Good to be talking to you. I'm back. Guess who's back? Back again. Shane is back. Tell a friend. Guess who's back? Guess who? Me, I'm fucking back, Eminem. You don't have to keep singing the song. I'm back now. Not Slim Shady. Fucking uh, Fat Shaney is back. It is great to be here with you. I will never leave you again. I apologize for worrying you, lads. Because I had people messaging me morning, noon, and night. Emails, letters, telegrams, fax machines, carrier pigeons. Shane, are you okay? Are you alive? That's what people were worried. I missed one episode of the podcast. People are messaging me five minutes later. Shane, are you alive? Have you, you're not dead, are you? That seems to be a genuine concern. <laughs> that if I miss, and if I'm five minutes late with an episode, oh, fuck it, Shane's dead. And people would believe it, it seems. And they message me as if, well, but what if I'm dead? What am I going to do? Yeah, I'm dead. I'm um, sorry. I died yesterday and I won't be putting out any message or any podcast for the foreseeable future. But I thank you for your concern, for uh, checking in on me. But I'm alive and I'm kicking. And I'm sorry that I, 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 I let you down because I know some of you listen to me every week and you're like, fucking hell, what am I going to do this week? It's like you're trying to give up heroin or something. That's how addicted you are to my sultry tones and my hit and miss, hit or miss comedy ramblings. That's, <laughs> that's how fucking addictive I am. You know, when people sing those songs like, I'm addicted to you. That's what they're actually singing about this podcast. People messaged me, they were like, Shane, I put the podcast on when I'm driving my kids to school in the morning. And now you're not there. And now I have to listen to my ugly children. That's what someone actually said to me. Well, I'm sorry, look. I'll tell you what happened. I got an email from Joe Rogan. Yeah, that's right. Joe Rogan. He emailed me. He goes, Shane, listen. I always thought of you as a a peer, but it seems we've become rivals. That's what he said. And I'd like to extend an olive branch, bury the hatchet, um, you know, mend the fence. I don't know what, what the other similes are. He goes, would you come with me into the desert and take ayahuasca and DMT? I goes, Joe would be my fucking honor. He goes, all right, brilliant. Meet me in Ennis, County Clare. And I thought to myself, is that a bit strange? Joe Rogan meeting me in Ennis, County Clare. Like, why is he there? But I didn't pay it no heed or no mind, really. And I got on a bus, a green bus from Dublin down to Limerick. Then I had to wait around for four hours, get on a green bus from Limerick into Ennis. Took me about 16 hours to get across a tiny country. But I did it. And I was standing outside a pub that we were supposed to meet at. And fucking, you know what happened? Joe Rogan never showed up. I I stood there for an hour. And then finally, this guy comes up to me. And I could smell him before I could see him. He had a smell that was sort of like a pungent shit. And he came up to me and he had long hair, uh, shaggy hair, and that didn't seem to be washed forever. And he had teeth that looked like he was smoking a, a firework, you know, and he had glasses on, but uh, you could see even through the glasses that he had conjunctivitis in both eyes, which I didn't know was possible. And he goes to me, hey, 
Shane. I said, sorry, man, no autographs. They sell on e- the people. What happens is I, I sign an autograph. People put them up on eBay. They sell for thousands. I, I'm, I'm, I don't do autographs anymore. He goes, no, it's not an autograph. He goes, it's me, Joe. Joe, I said, am I supposed to know you? Yeah, it's me, Joe. Remember, we're, we're supposed to meet here. I goes, you're not fucking Joe Rogan. He said, Joe Rogan, no, I'm Joe Regan. I showed him the email. He goes, oh, fuck. It was a typo. Sorry, man. I'm Joe Regan from Ennis. Do you still want to come into the desert and take ayahuasca and DMT? I said, well, it's going to take me fucking 24 hours to get back to Dublin and I'm here now. I might as well do it. So there's no desert around there, obviously. So he, may, he brings me to the Burren because that's what they call the fucking desert down in Clare, apparently. You think the Burren is a fucking desert? So I sat in the freezing cold Burren for a week taking DMT and ayahuasca seeing God with Joe Regan and then I had to take another week to recover because it was one of the worst experiences of my entire life so that's why I was gone from the podcast and that's the gospel truth okay um, but it's good to be back and I missed you and thanks to everybody that came out to my show in Shirley the big show really big show uh, who uh, I'm glad you all came out there was a nice crowd there and uh, there were a lovely bunch of folks and it was weird doing a show in a big theater like a Shem Satira because usually I'm doing it in pubs where old men are staring at me because they came out to get away from the miseries of their life. And there I am talking about fucking antidepressants while they're trying to have their nice cool pint of Coors or something. And there I am talking about the size of my balls. Nobody wants to hear about the size of my balls on a Tuesday night when they're having a pint. You know what I mean? That's not what they have a pint, f- come out for a pint for. They want to talk about their own balls or listen to stories about their friends' balls. And by the way, speaking of balls, this is my promise to you, right? If I ever, ever go missing again from this podcast, all right, for an extended period of time, and you think I'm dead, but I'm actually alive, what I want you to do is hunt me fucking down and castrate me in public and I give you my permission to do that if I ever go on an extended break hunt me down castrate me and if the guards arrest you for grievous bodily harm play them this podcast and you'll get off uh, in a court of law because I gave you permission okay I will never do it again did you see that girl in uh, Ireland where was she in Dublin or something let me read this now she uh, she she had to go into hospital because she held in her farts for two years. Did you see this? It was in the paper. Uh, in the Irish mirror. Irish barista. Is a barista or barista? Coffee maker, we used to call it in my day. Fucking very fancy fucking barista. Fucking do. All you're doing is putting two spoons of Maxwell House into a mug and you call himself a fucking barista. Huh? Johnny barista. Uh, Irish barista ends up in hospital for two after holding in farts around boyfriend for two years. Cara Clark was at work when she developed extreme stomach pain on Tuesday and was rushed to hospital. The mad story unfolded when Cara Clark was at work last week. She developed extreme stomach pain, which landed her in hospital. The 19-year-old then learned she had an infection and would have to have her appendix removed before it burst, which she says was caused by her reluctance to fart around her partner. The barista who has been with her boyfriends 
Her boyfriend, Kyle Duffy, 21, for two years, claims he was dying laughing after her efforts to hold it in had left her needing surgery. So this girl almost fucking killed herself. This Cara Clark almost blew up her stomach holding in a fart around her boyfriend for two fucking years. She never farted in front of him for two years. She almost died. She went into hospital. They said, if you held in a fart for five minutes longer, your your appendix would explode. And this fella, her boyfriend, would just pissed himself laughing. <laughs> I mean, fair play to him. But imagine that. Imagine you held in your farts for two years in extreme discomfort. It landed you in hospital. And after all that, all the, your man does is laugh at you. Um, Kara has vowed now to just let it out from now on after admitting she had no idea how dangerous holding in gas could be. I'm pretty easy going other than the burps and farts. I was at work on Tuesday and I had this extreme pain. I went to the doctor in hysterics and he referred me straight to hospital. At hospital, I started blaming my boyfriend because I always do hold in my farts around him. We've been together for two years and it's the case. Kyle was dying laughing. He honestly didn't know what to say. He said, God, people are going to think you're afraid of everything with me. At this stage, I'll just have to let it out from now on. First of all, if you're a 19-year-old girl, what the fuck are you doing giving an interview (laughs) about your farts to the papers for? You're never going to live it down. You know what I mean? Like, I talk about my farts, but I have no shame. I'm an old man. But if I can't imagine a 19-year-old girl talking about her fart, we don't fair play to her. Second of all, ladies, if you're ever around me, fucking fart all you want, okay? Me and Kira, we, we, we shit in front of each other. We'll have a chat while we're, while we're dropping it into the toilet. We'll talk away like it's nothing. We'll wipe in front of each other. I mean, that's true love. And that's what you should aim for. Not this holding in farts. And we've all been there. Those first two, or this first year of um, the the honeymoon period. You don't want to show the true side. Your true, the true self. Your big fucking dirty, smelly farts. You don't want to do it in front of the person you think is an angel. And you, because you psychologically, you think, that per- she's an angel. I can't show her how dirty I am with my dirty farts. So you hold it in. But I tell you this, if I was ever a single man again, okay, if I ever get divorced and get ruined and have to give all my fortune to Kira, if that ever happens in the future and I meet you and we're going out, I'm fucking farting on the first date. We're getting it over with and I want you to fart too. We're eating beans for dinner. And we're just farting. No sex. <laughs> I don't believe in sex in the first date. I do believe on passing gas through my anus. We are farting. There's a scene in Annie Hall when uh, Woody Allen's character goes to Diane Keaton. Listen, we're on the first date. Uh, why don't we just kiss now so that it's not awkward later on when we're wondering will I or won't I? Why don't we just get it over with? And that's what I feel about farts. You know? Don't be holding in your farts, ladies. Especially for a fella called Kyle. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's a guy called Kyle. You're killing yourself for a fella called Kyle. 
let it out. You know, like I suppose if you're if he's a really rich kind of handsome guy, right? And you want to keep him, and his name is like um, uh, you know, uh, fucking Ulick or something. You know, one of those really harsh rugby names like uh, Alton or something. Then I suppose you would hold in your farts for maybe a year. But if he's like called Ian, just fucking <laughs> if, <he's, laughs> if his name is Ian, fucking fart to your heart's content, ladies. Okay. And you never know, he might be one of those sick fucking perverts who actually really enjoys hearing women fart. Although it's probably going to be in his bio, if he is. I feel that if you're a pervert nowadays, you can be much more blasé about it. There's a lot of blasé perverts around. You know, back in the old days, it must have been hard. You used to send, you know, write in, uh, like, uh, you used to get magazines delivered to your house, farting girl magazines and stuff like that. But now you can just go on the internet and meet a whole bunch of other farting perverts. Um, it's a great day. It's a great time for perverts is what I'm trying to say. Anyway, let's move on from farts. Um, speaking of perverts, though, did you watch the Jimmy Savile documentary on Netflix? It's fucking a very good documentary. It's three hours long or whatever, but it's fucking brilliant. Now, it's easy to look back with hindsight at Jimmy Savile. So I am. That's what I'm going to do because I always pick the easy thing. But he couldn't have looked and acted more like a fucking pervert than pedophile if he tried. <laughs> if he, the only way he could have come across more like a creepy pedophile with his hair, his fucking eyes, his rings with uh, eyeballs in them, his fucking tracksuits and his cigar. The only way he could have come across as more of a pedophile looking guy is if you walked around with a sign on him saying I am a pedophile that was the only thing he was missing like how didn't anyone know I mean they did know but why didn't didn't anyone do anything about it I mean it was going on for 50 years like he looked you know and I like I said I know it's easy to look back because the one thing you know if you ever see a picture of someone and you tell somebody you see this guy is a pedophile the first person, the first, no matter what he looks like, the first thing that uh, people say is, oh yeah, he looks like one, all right? Because <laughs> once you hear someone's a pedophile, you just, they just look like a pedophile. You could say it about, try it with somebody. Show a picture of a pedophile to someone and go, he's a pedophile. They'll say, oh yeah, he looks like one, all right? Because they find out afterwards. Before that, they did, he didn't look like a pedophile. But once they find out he is a pedophile, they're like, yeah, he looks like one. Well, with Jimmy Savile... He looked like a fucking... People were like, yeah, he looks like a pedophile before they ever even knew he was one. And some parts of the documentary were just absolutely fucking horrible to watch. You know, some of the things he did. And... And how he got away with it for 50 years. Christ almighty. It would be like if uh, it came out after Frankenstein died. All right? If it came out after he died that he was a, a fucking monster. <laughs> and then you look at him and you go, oh yeah, we should have known he's a big green fellow with bolts in his neck. That's what Jimmy Savile is like. And obviously he was sort of protected by being a charity guy. He gave millions to charity. So then more people were like, oh, we can't fucking uh, look into Jimmy's private life because he gives millions to, you know, sick children. Which is why I never, 
ever give to charity because then people don't think I'm hiding anything. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what people not think. Oh, he doesn't give to charity. He's all right. All right. That's so that's my logic. That's why I don't give anything to charity. Although saying that, man, see these cunts like Jimmy Savile, all right, and like serial killers. How the fuck do they get away with it on their conscience? They must be psychopaths because they mustn't feel any guilt because all right, you, you hear about like, and I've said this before, you hear about Dennis Nielsen, the serial killer, or J- Jeffrey Dahmer sitting around their apartment watching uh, fucking television, watching Jeopardy on TV, and they've got like some poor bastard's head in their fridge. How can you sit down in your day when there's a head in the fridge? Like, I feel guilty when I lie to a homeless guy about having no change. You know what I mean? That makes me feel bad, so I don't know how people can do it to other people. You know what I mean? It's fucking horrible. But I do recommend that Jimmy Savile documentary. Uh, It's grim, obviously, given the subject matter, but it's fucking mind-boggling and eye-opening about how someone can just use their... Like, he was friends, obviously, with um, Prince Charles and Lady Diana and the Queen. And, you know, they've got... There's a lot of... (laughs) They seem to hang around with a lot of, you know, unsavory characters. Let's put it that way. But I really recommend it. I think it's called the the British Horror Story, the Jimmy Savile Story or something. It's really good. I burped. Sorry. You see, that's how fucking committed I am. To not have an ended up in hospital by holding in gas. I even fucking leave out my gas when I'm doing my podcast. Did you see this Russian convoy that was driving down the M50 the last day? So, uh, this convoy of like 10, I don't know if you can have a convoy with 10 cars, but drove down the M50 and it had Russian flags. All right. And obviously we know there's a fucking war going on in Eastern Europe and in Ukraine. Russia invaded them. There's horrific fucking mass murders and crimes against humanity going on over there. Um, But maybe these Russian people had a point because their whole thing was, oh, because of this war, people are discriminating against Russians and we don't agree with that, which is fine. But they made a, a, a tactical error these protesters they drove down the m50 but what they had was uh pro-war <laughs> insignia uh, written on the side of their cars they had john that z that the russians have on their trunks or on their trunks on their fucking uh, not on their trunks not in their underwear on their tanks it's like the symbol of the war or what i don't know what it means but they had that on their fucking convoy which really undercuts their protest because you can't do that that would be like if you were in 1945 protesting against the treatment of germans because of the what the nazis are doing in europe and you were marching down through the street with a swastika a little hitler mustache goose stepping with big boots saying heil hitler and doing the fucking sieg heil you know what I mean? <laughs> you can't, and pro, and protesting against treatment of, of Germans. You can't. That's that wouldn't make sense. Or marching through fucking, um, you know, Ireland during the famine with a red coat and a, a, a fucking bayonet thing 
in a big hat and an English accent and drinking Earl Grey tea. You know what I mean? I don't know if the metaphor holds up there, but you know what I'm talking about. It'd be like protesting against the treatment of sharks while walking down the street dressed as a shark with a man's leg in your mouth. (laughs) Going, stop treating with an actual shark uh, bitten leg in your mouth that you ripped off a guy with your teeth. That's what it would be like. It was was the world's most stupid protest. We're protesting against the treatment of Russians for doing what we agree with. (laughs) Fuck's sake. But... I fucking stopped watching about that war. There's only so much bad news you can take before your fucking head explodes, you know? So I just ended up, started reading books and playing uh, Dark Souls 3, which I finished! Finally, thank God. Except for one boss I couldn't kill, the nameless king. What a cunt he is. Now I'm playing Bloodborne. Anything so I don't have to... Did you ever notice the human condition, right? I look at my cat... Georgie, and she can sit on the bed and look at the wall for an hour, eyes open, just sit there staring straight ahead. She doesn't have to fucking, she can't, you know what I mean? She doesn't have to go through a, she doesn't have to light a fag. She doesn't have to skim through her phone so that she doesn't have to think thoughts for a moment. You know what I mean? Like, look at me, I have to have my phone, PlayStation, If I'm walking down the town, I have to, I'm checking my phone, I'm fucking looking at my watch, I'm lighting a cigarette, I'm eating a bar of chocolate, anything, so that I don't have to be alone with a single second thought in my brain. (laughs) It's really fucking, um, we've built all this stuff, televisions, laptops, books, shoes, fucking uh, fleshlights. So that we don't have to be alone with our thoughts for more than a second. And it's, I think humans are the only animal that, that does that. Like imagine if I said to you, will you sit alone in a room with no television, no books, no fucking phone for 30 minutes. Imagine the anxiety that would cause in you. You just have to sit there in a chair. And then you start thinking about your life. About your, you know... You're, you're, you haven't cut your toenails in six weeks. <laughs> you know, things like that. Oh, fuck, I have an electricity bill coming out. Oh, no. Uh, I think my condom's out of date. Oh, no. Uh, you know, I'm going to die in 40 years. Oh, no. Where's my phone? You never hear of a fucking cat or a monkey being afraid to sit alone in a room for an hour. They'd probably love it. But, and I, I know what it is. It's because humans are just getting deep now. But humans, us, me and you, we know that we're only here for a certain length of time. A cat hasn't a fucking idea. Cat doesn't know that it's going to die someday. I mean, no, I tell her though, all the time. <laughs> she's on the bed, I'm going, Georgie, you're going to die. I try every fucking night, but she still won't get it into her head. Georgie, you're going to die someday. She doesn't give a fuck. Whereas humans, we know that subconsciously we're, it's always on our mind. So we can't sit there because it, we'll start thinking about it. It'll seep in. Oh no, you know, there's that whole death thing coming around the corner. 
Whereas a cat doesn't have that or a monkey or a fucking snake. Humans are the only thing that has it. And we're afraid of being dead. Well, I am. I've, I'm fucking terrified of it. It's, when I was in my mid-twenties, it was all I th- thought about. Oh, no. I'm after wasting my life and I've only got 50 years left. That's what I was thinking, right? But I came up, I, I, I thought of something. If we're alive, me and you, all right, we're alive now. We're existing. And that means we've won. We've won the battle. Because think of all the people that, are, that haven't existed. All the, let's say, the uh, semen that didn't uh, make it out of the condom. All the um, eggs that um, weren't fertilized. All the masturbation. You know what I mean? All the miscarriages, abortions. All that thing. People that were never born. But we are born. So we should be happy. We won the battle. But I'll tell you this, lads. We're not going to win the fucking war. No man has won the war yet. All right. Sorry for that. (laughs) Sorry for that uh, depth. Uh, But speaking of depth, I've been watching the Johnny Depth uh, trial. It's been on YouTube for the last two days. And uh, you know, so his, him and Amber Heard, she said that he fucking was hitting her and being abusive. He's saying she's lying and that she shat on his bed and all this stuff. And I think why we're so obsessed with it as as people, or we're so interested, is because you get to see fucking Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, two of the most beautiful people who have ever lived. And they're just as fucking miserable as us. <laughs> and that makes us feel good. You see Johnny Depp and his wife, they're shitting in each other's... Now, I've never shat in a bed. Okay? Not on purpose. I have shat the bed before. One time I was down home. Don't tell Kira's mother this, but one time, about four years ago, me and Kira were down in her mother's bedroom. Not her mother's bedroom, in her Kira's childhood bedroom. I woke up after a night of drinking. There was shit all over the bed. Now, I still maintain that it was probably chocolate. Kira says, there's no way. All right? There was sh- I shat the bed. <laughs> I shat the bed. And that's not the first time. It's probably not going to be the last time that I've shat the bed. Okay? I told you when I was in Asia, I shat in Kira's hair. I did, but not on purpose. She was, I mean, that was Kira's fault. She was sleeping with her head by my arse. When I was in hospital for dysentery. You don't do that. That's like sleeping with a fuck. That's like playing Russian roulette. And every go- every fucking uh, barrel is loaded. All right. She slept because the only room was, it was a tiny bed. She put her head down by my ass. I shat myself. I had dysentery. I mean, for God's sake, I was shitting blood. I got in her hair. But Johnny Depp said that Amber Heard actually shat in her, his bed out, out of revenge, which I might do someday. I'm, I might shit in someone's bed for revenge someday. I'm not going to put it past myself. Uh, but seeing these people, these Hollywood elites, these fucking millionaires going through this horrible fucking stuff. Jonas, like, remember those crappy magazines, women's magazines in quotes, uh, that used to be out before and it would have like a section where it would show like um, cellulite on Cameron Diaz with a big circle or it would show, um, you know, a snot hanging out of Julia Roberts' nose 
or Tom Cruise buying some fish. And the thing of it is, even though it's kind of horrible to do that, the, the psychology behind it is we get to look at them being like us. Because when we see them on movies and stuff, everything's airbrushed to fuck. But when you see them in the... Mag- I mean, they're humans, obviously. I mean, look at me. I'm a grade A Irish celebrity. I'm <laughs> I'm like, you know, I'm uh, basically uh, Irish celebrity royalty. You know what I mean? I'm up there. I'm hobnobbing in um, D4 with uh, Ryan Tuberty and Ray Darcy and uh, Miriam O'Callaghan. All the lads. Joe Duffy. All the boys and girls. All my best buds. You know, I was over doing coke with Joe Duffy there last night and uh, he gave me some tips about the podcast what to do he said don't ever burp and which is something that I have to get uh, through my head but um, what I'm saying is I'm just like you alright I might be a a rich fucking multi-millionaire celebrity who uh, talks into a sock inside his tiny one bedroom apartment every Wednesday night but I'm just like you okay and that's why, uh, like, well, I'll tell you another thing about the Johnny Depp case. I, was, I watch, I had it on just kind of in the background today and yesterday. Fucking trials are boring as fuck for 99% of the time. It's just people joining on, well, this is Article 2A4P. It's not like the films at all. It's not like Liar Liar, where there's a crazy Jim Carrey guy jumping around the place making faces, sticking his face <laughs> in between a woman's breasts. And going, mama, mama, and sucking it. I mean, that's what I thought law uh, court was going to be. You know what I mean? <laughs> Jim Carrey throwing himself into the bathroom wall and beating himself up. That's fucking exciting court case. Not this boring shit that goes on for six hours where they're just talking about Section A, Article B, and Johnny Depp sitting there falling asleep. And regardless of however you, uh, or whether... Johnny Depp is guilty or not of being, um, you know, a horrible bastard. Just putting that aside, was Johnny Depp ever a really good actor, in your opinion? Overrated? Let me think. Edward Scissorhands, I mean, that's not great acting. He just has a stupid face on and he's got fingers, scissors for hands. I could do that. (laughs) That's easy. Scissors for hands does half the work. Alright, and that's fucking special effects. He didn't actually go method and have scissors hands. Alright? So there's that. What else is there? Sleepy Hollow. He's not... He, I think he was overrated as an actor. Everyone was like, oh, Johnny Depp is... get You know, he's doing all these crazy characters like the Mad Hatter. Those fucking... Uh, Alice films. Alice in Wonderland films are abysmal. What happened to Tim Burton? He used to make good films. They actually made a really good film that it's probably one of their least known. Johnny Depp and Tim Burton It's called um, Ed Wood. It's about this film director from the 50s who made like these really uh, bad films. But uh, he really put his heart and soul into them and they just came out bad. Plan 9 from Outer Space is one of them, which is very, you know, uh, historically known as a one of the worst films of all time. Like, it's one of those movies about aliens from the 50s and it's got, like, you you can see the strings on hubcaps for the flying saucers and it's Plan 9 from Outer Space because the first eight plans failed. (laughs) 
and that's not done in a comedy as a joke or anything. The first eight plans that the aliens had to take over the Earth failed uh, without humans ever even realizing what was happening. And but this is plan nine. But anyway, the movie Ed Wood, Johnny Depp plays Ed Wood. Uh, Martin Landau plays Bella Lugosi, the Dracula actor. Um, actually, in Plan 9 from Outer Space, Bella Lugosi is in it, but he died about a quarter of the way in true film in, in real life. So they had <laughs> they had an actor as stand-in film the rest of his scenes who covered his face with a cape. So you see the guy walking around covering his face with a cape because he doesn't have the same face as Bella Lugosi, but he's playing that character. Anyway... Check out Ed Wood. That's probably their best film. But Johnny Depp, and he never really did it for me. Sorry to uh, disappoint you. You know what I got caught with um, down home by a fucking security guard in Easton's of all places. One of these things was on April Fool's Day when I was in Shirley. You know what? (laughs) It was embarrassing. That I got caught one on. He goes to me, all right, Shane. I went, all right, man. Oh, fucking, you know, he's an awful, she's an awful dark horse. I said, who? He goes, Black Beauty. Oh, remember those fucking jokes that used to go around? Like, do you, shit, did you hear they were all out last night? Who? The stars. Oh, fuck off. Remember them? Everyone walked out of the movie, the cinema last night. Why? Film was over. Oh, fucking shut up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I actually got uh, caught. Or, you know, I don't know if any of you have been following what's going on in Dublin airport. It's been chaos. Chaos at the airport. So what happened was during the fucking pandemic, the lockdown, the, the times when we weren't allowed to leave the country or get air travel, they had a load of people working for them in the security. So... They says to themselves, you know what we'll fucking do? There's no flights going out of the country. We'll fire a load of people. We'll get rid of them. We'll, off- we'll pension them off so that we don't have to pay them because they're not doing nothing. So then what they forgot to do was rehire people or hire new people because now there's no fucking people to help. The security lines for the airport are like, it takes you four hours to get through them because they don't have the staff because they fired them all or they let them all go. Uh, and they have to train them and it's night it's so bad like it's so fucking irish <laughs> that, that is such an irish uh thing to do to solve a problem and then just not ever think about it until it's too late you know what i mean um and i got fucking caught flying down to Kerry. got a taxi to the airport Kerry was already down in Kerry, right so I was coming down and I got a taxi from my house to the airport. It cost me fucking 35 euro. All right. That's the first thing that broke my heart. <laughs> then I got into the, when I was getting into the airport, I goes to the taxi driver. I says, is it still crazy with the security in there? He goes, nah, that's only the weekends. By This was like a Tuesday. That's only the weekends. So I was like, grand. Okay. Went in there. I saw my flight. I was, I was two hours early, two hours fucking early. And I never two hours early. And I text Kira and she texts me back. Joe, you know she said, Shane, I'm proud of you. <laughs> that's, that's how little faith she has that I'll actually be on time for things. She went, she actually said that in all sincerity, no hint of irony whatsoever. I'm proud of you. 
So I was fucking delighted with myself. I was chaffed, as they say across the water. I was chaffed with myself. So I see I have two hours to go through the the security. What, uh, what I'll do now, instead of going to, through the security right now, this is what I said from my brain for some reason. What I'll do now, even though I know that the security is pretty heavy at the time at this time, what I'll do for some reason, this is what my brain thought, I will go and eat uh, fish and chips. So I went upstairs in Terminal 1, I think, or 2, I can't remember. I went to the food court, got myself a fucking fish and chips dinner. Then I went to Starbucks, got myself a coffee. It looked, I had 45 minutes to go before my, f- <laughs> my flight. Kira rings me, she goes, did you get through? Security. I said, no, no, sure, my flight isn't for another 45 minutes. I just had some fish and chips. She goes, what? She goes, what? You didn't go through security yet? And I was like, no, sure, I have plenty. I have 45 minutes before my flight. She goes, Shane, you're not, you want to go through now? I said, it'll be fine. I forgot. She goes, why didn't you eat the food after you went through security? And I was like, oh, yeah, I, should, I forgot to do that. I forgot. Like, for some, like I've traveled flights for years. All right, I've traveled around the world for comedy and stuff as well. Flying planes, Ryanair, I know all the story. I do it all the time. For some reason, I my brain had a fart, and I said, "No, I'll eat food while I before I go through security." Anyway, got to this line. It took me fucking forty minutes to get through the security. I had five minutes left for my to the flight, not till the gate closed. The gate was closed. To the flight. And when I was in the security, I got pulled out for extra security. You know, an extra check because I had two laptops. What? Kind of a fuck. Anyway, I ran, man. Ran. And I remember thinking, I'm sure it's going to be close by anyway. It was about two miles I was running through the airport. Fucking pelting it. And I haven't ran like that in years. My heart was coming out through my chest. People were getting out of my way. You know what I mean? People were pulling their children out of the way in case I barreled through them. That's how fast I was running. And when I got there, I asked the people, I was like, are you getting on this plane? They're like, no, we're for the next plane, Bristol. That plane's already loaded. You just missed them by 30 seconds. That's what she said to me. That's what a woman said to me. You just missed them by 30 seconds. Don't fucking tell me that. <laughs> that makes me feel worse. So then I had to ring Kira and go, I miss my flight. <laughs> and she goes, what? It took you that long to get through security? I was like, yeah. And she goes, well, you knew it was bad. Why did you eat the fish and chips? And I was like, Kira, I started being like a twat then. You know, when you're like <laughs> very emotional, I started going, Kira, like, I'm just after running for like two miles. I tried my best. I didn't want to miss the flight. Like, I didn't miss the flight on purpose. I'd like tears nearly crying. <laughs> and she was like, Shane, it's fine. Just get the train. So then I had to get the bus back into Houston and get the train. I was traveling for about nine hours. One of the worst days of my life. So the security actually wasn't that bad. It took me 40 minutes to get through, which is fairly bad, but it's not like two hours. My own, the downfall was sitting around for an hour in my whole well, before before I went through security, eating fucking fish and chips from the, the deli and drinking Starbucks. 
and you know, I was so proud of myself. Kira was proud of myself. My mother even texted me, Shane, I'm very, ha- I'm very proud of you for what you did. You got to the airport two hours early. You know, things are looking up. I'm proud to call you my son again. That's what my mother said. And I let them all down, man, because fucking I love chips. I fucking love chips. You know the way some fellas, when they have affairs, right? And a, like a beautiful woman, uh, the chance to have sex with them arises. And they have a wife and children and they have a lovely family. And people go, how, why did you do it, man? You have a beautiful wife. And they go, I don't know. It's just some, my brain just was focused on this woman and I couldn't think, I didn't think of anything else. That's what happens to me with chips. With chips. Fries. My whole brain gets blocked out. I can't, I'm not thinking about my girlfriend, my family. I'm not thinking about my children. I'm not thinking about getting the flight. My, I'm just laser focused on eating fucking as many chips as possible. I really do love just bad food. Uh, food that's ba- not bad food, like bad aesthetically. I'm talking food that's going to end up taking five years off my life. Chips. You know what I ate last night? Eight bars of Jodo's little Rocky bars. They're like penguin sized bars. But they don't have jokes. It's just chocolate. Eight bars I ate by myself. Sitting down in front of the television. And you start feeling bad about it. I start going, Shane, you know, you're nearly fucking 40 now. You shouldn't be eating bar. For- you shouldn't be eating eight bars. One bar. Maybe two at a push. Eight. You should be ashamed of yourself. But then I thought about it a little bit more. And I thought, listen, all right, try and stop doing it. Okay? Try and stop eating eight bars in one sitting. That's a good goal to have. But if you don't do it, if you can't manage it, even after trying, don't feel too bad because there are fuck... Everybody's got something. That's what I realized. Every fucker has some form of addiction or issue. It could be chocolate bars like me and chips. It could be gambling. Could be drinking. Drugs could be cheating on your spouse, addicted to sex, addicted to pornography. It could be addicted to Twitter, sitting there uh, miserable, getting angry all day on Twitter, tweeting about wrestling. It could be fucking anything. And everybody's got a Johnny Depp. Look at his life. He's fucking, people are shitting in his bed. He's an alcoholic and he's got drug problems. Now he's on court live on TV. Everybody's got something. And if you are able to get over your chocolate, like no matter how good your life is, you're still going to have something that you're fighting against. Your chocolate addiction, your drug addiction, no matter how rich you get, no matter how fucking successful you get, you're going to have something that you're an issue that you have to fight against. So if you beat your chocolate fucking issue, if you stop eating eight Rocky bars a night and missing flights because you're eating chips, all right, if you manage to get over that, something else is going to come in there because it seems to be like the human way to have something that that makes us feel bad about ourselves that we do. So try not to feel too bad about it because it's always going to be there anyway. You know what I mean? Huh? Am I making sense? Am I getting too fucking philosophical for you? Listen, you might think that I'm on here talking about farts and shit and cum and piss and tits 
but I'm also fucking giving you life advice. And that's why you missed me so much the last couple of weeks. I'm like a philosopher. I'm a stupid philosopher. <laughs> like most podcast fellas, I'm a stupid philosopher. I'm a philosopher. <laughs> Let's face it, most fellas who do podcasts, we're fucking stupid. All right? But I still stick by that. Whatever it is, it's your issue. Maybe you're not exercising. All right. Maybe you have a, a plethora of issues like I do that you are like, oh, my God, I, I need to get all this sorted out. Take a breath and realize even if you get all that shit sorted out, then you're going to have another fucking plethora of stuff. Yes, plethora. I said plethora twice. Now, that is comforting. The fact that no matter what, you're always going to be in some form of pain. <laughs> I don't know if that, that's meant to be comforting. But the point is, um, I can't remember what the fucking point is. Point is, don't go too hard on yourself, all right? Life is fucking too short to be worried. Listen, sit there and eat those eight penguin bars. Fuck it, all right? Anyway, all right, I'm going to go because it's uh, 20 to 2 in the morning and I'm talking about fucking penguin bars into a sock in my sitting room. All right, listen, you know what to do. Patreon, blah, 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 pip sign up I do an extra podcast every week I do a radio show maybe once a month where I play loads of music and have a bit of chat it's nice it's fun and you get to support the show blah 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 patreon.com forward slash Shane's brilliant podcast sign up I'm trying to get to 200 patrons I'm like I'm, I'm, I'm a little shy of it if I got to 200 patrons I swear do you know what I'll do uh, live stream me eating 24 penguin bears <laughs> all right okay so that's what you that's if that's what you want to do <laughs> if that's what you want to do with your money it's your own fucking business okay if you want to pay money to see a guy support the podcast but mainly to see a guy eat 24 fucking penguin bears listen i i, I go for it okay i'm gonna go now thanks for listening and being loyal listeners and peace and love and harmony and uh cheers nice one thanks mahab nab <laughs>